Hey y'all, welcome to the edition of JKB Sports Podcast with your host, Jerome Knight. Today's a kind of a special episode. I got a, a special guest. Cool dude, all the way from Orlando. I'm going to let him do a, his intro in a second, but first I'm going to give you a little rundown of what's going to be on the docket for today. I've been dying to talk about DeMarcus, Cousins to Warriors. That was huge for me. I've been dying to talk about LeBron to Lakers and what that can mean. The East, Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, the power shifts. A bunch of different things happened in the past week and a half. Free agency. Teams are improving. We're trying to see who's you know going to be in the top few seeds and who can uh, contend with the Warriors for the championship. So... These are all topics we're going to dive in. Without further ado, here we go. Hello. Savvy, my dude. What's going on? What's going on? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me on the show here and in, uh, in JKBM Sports here. Appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Great opportunity. Perfect. For real, man. I'm happy to have you. Um, I'll just tell the people... Um, well, we're based in, in Toronto and you are in where? Where are you? Um, I'm from the uh, central Florida area from Orlando, Florida. Um, in the central Florida area, it's hot, dry, sunny. <laughs> I kind of call it the Sahara Desert of the United States. It's always, uh, <laughs> it's it, there's, no, there's no such thing as seasons around here. It's straight, straight heat, sun. Straight sun. I hear you, man. I hear you. We're going through a little heat wave right now. It's been like 35, 34 for the past week. So I've been dying. Okay, man. I would love, I would love that around here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so pretty much, I just was telling people a little bit of what we're going to be discussing. I personally, I've been dying to talk about Demarcus. To Warriors and what that means for the rest of the NBA because that's like epic. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to put in a factor in that you're a Warriors fan too, you of know. Of course. So, I know that. <laughs> we, we always make moves. It's crazy because people are like, oh, Golden State's ruining the NBA and Golden State's making it too easy. But it's like, at what point do you give credit to the front office for making all of this happen? lucky with Steph's small contract but it's kind of like how do we continue to get top five players to our team every single year Durant now DeMarcus is kind of like how does this keep happening yeah yeah you're, you're absolutely right about that I wouldn't necessarily grade DeMarcus Cousin as a top five player but I do t- I do I absolutely believe he's an all-world class all-NBA talent um arguably one of the top 20 players in the NBA for sure yeah. when healthy. Um, but, you know, you know, I, I, my first initial thing when this went down is, man, um, you know, the, with the Warriors are just getting a little bit stacked. And, and what's crazy and what hurt, hurts me more is that um, Boston actually finished runner up in his list of signing. So Boston came in second and Warriors obviously were the ones that, that he signed. Yeah. Um, so Boston, so it kind of struck me more as a as a fan pushing it aside as a podcaster. Um, but the more that I thought about it is that um, with DeMarcus Cousins, that is good. He's a very good piece, and he obviously he's going to help Golden State. Um, you look at you look at the potential lineup. That's five all stars that could 
potentially be on the floor yeah. and, and starting. Um, but I, I really thought about it and I said to myself and, and, and did some research is this is the same injury that, um, that bothered uh, Derrick Rose throughout his career. And we already know um, the demise with that, yeah. um, with Derrick Rose. Uh, this is the same injury that dealt with Kobe. Kobe was never the same when he went with this. So um, yeah, see, the, the but, statistics but, have shown yeah. that like this is going to be a at least an 8 to 10 to 12 month rehab recovery for for DeMarcus Cousins. Now, who says he's, if he's going to be the same or if he isn't? So I think that's the reason why that a lot of teams in the NBA were a little bit reluctant to pay him a max or to pay him the type of money that he was and, and, and hey, give credit to, to the management, Jerry West and the guys that in the front office for golden state, they, they gave him a one-year contract to kind of prove himself to see if he can, um, you know, make a difference for golden state. Obviously he is, you know, yeah. he's, he's a big, big, big <laughs> upgrade from Sasa Peculia or, or uh, McGee. Yeah. But they gave him a one-year contract to see if he can prove himself and, and give credit to them. Golden State front office did something that the other teams in the NBA were reluctant to do so. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think that this notion in the NBA, oh, that Golden State is ruining the, the NBA is a little bit far-fetched okay. um, just because we don't know what can actually the happen. uncertainty of the health of DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, yeah I agree because, like, Personally, I think that we are still, and I say we because I'm a big Golden State fan, as most of y'all already know, but I think that we're so far ahead of the competition. It's like the only team that could, like, and I'll get to Boston because Boston just scares me. With or without DeMarcus Cousins, Boston still scares me. But when you look at Houston and people say, oh, Houston should have beat Golden State, they're up 3-2, Chris Paul got injured and they lost. But you guys, not you guys, but Houston would have lost, I guarantee, at least 4-1 or 4-2 if Andre Iguodala did not get injured. So that, that whole notion of Houston's right there or Houston could have beat Golden State, I think that's not true. And I don't think that people really give credit to what Andre Iguodala can actually do on the court. Yeah, he's a huge piece, absolutely. He's huge. I, I, do, I do agree with that. Yeah, I do. I agree with you with that. Um, Andre Iguodala, if... If he's not, he's definitely one of the major factors in that team. Major. Because once that death lineup that they call the Hampton Five, mm-hmm. with him at the four and him on at the five, that's that's arguably one of the the scariest lineup, probably in the history of basketball. If you really think about it, it's true. So you, you're right. I, I I what I would disagree though is I do think, other than a lot of teams in the NBA, I do think that Houston is close. I do think there are a couple pieces away. Um, they have the personnel to keep up and to match up with Golden State. I, I, I agree with you. If with the healthy Andre Iguodala, I don't think they can beat him um, four out of seven times in a seven-game series. But I do think they're a little bit closer than other teams, of course. Okay. So, so now I'm, I'm asking you, with Houston, potentially, you didn't lose him yet, but potentially losing Clint Capella and already losing Trevor Reza without replacing those two guys – Obviously, we, we, we heard the rumor that Carmelo might go to Houston or Houston's a favorite to sign Carmelo Anthony. How much of a difference he makes, I don't know because he's, he's much better offensively than Ariza is, but he's nowhere close to what Ariza can do on defense, which is where kind of they kind of fell apart in the game six and game seven. But Houston lost more than they gained, and Golden State gained big time. 
They lost JaVale, okay. They lost Machilia, okay. But I think that Jordan Bell can step in. I think having a healthy Patrick McCaw, because he was injured a lot last year, and he's a good young Iguodala type of player that I think can fit in. It can be that next up piece. We still have Quinn Cook who you know, can penetrate, dribble, shoot the ball a little bit. But I think that we didn't lose much or we lost a position that we didn't need because basketball is becoming so quick-paced. The bigs are starting to fade out. So the losing of the bigs didn't matter. But adding DeMarcus, who can spread the floor, we Golden State has never had a big that can shoot. So ha- That's right. having a pick That's right. having a pick and pop with KD and DeMarcus, with Steph Curry DeMarcus, or with Clay and DeMarcus, with having KD and Steph on the wings, that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, and, and, and you hit it right off the bat, man. I mean, it, thinking about it, if DeMarcus comes back healthy and DeMarcus can give you a, a dominant for uh, become that dominant force, give you 20 points, 10 rebounds. He, he, we've seen this year that he shot over 40% from the three uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans. If he can become that dominant of DeMarcus Cousins, the Golden, Golden State Warriors are going to be deadly because you can't leave off and be and not attach to all the shooters that they have. They have all five shooters that can stretch a floor and shoot the three. That's so the, that that's gonna be just that's the, it's, it's just crazy. scary, a nightmare of a matchup for teams to an opponent to to even game plan and think about. But to kind of piggyback on what you said about Houston, yeah. uh, I I do thoroughly agree with you with that. Um, uh, one of the more underrated pieces on their team was Trevor Ariza. Yeah. He, I'm going to call him the utility guy, a utility guy because, you know, he's a hardware guy, you know, he, he does everything for you. He can defend, he defends your, 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 what your best player, yeah. right? Player. He can knock down the three because in Dan Tony's system, you got to be able to knock yeah, down the three. Have when you have Chris Paul and James Harden penetrating in the paint and, and kicking out. So you got to be able to do that. He can do that. He's a three and D guy. He, he can defend, he rebounds for you. Um, he he condition assists. Um, you he's um versatile. Yeah. So you can you know play him at the four at times when you go in small ball. You could play the one through four. So they're really gonna miss that. And and I think that's a very underrated um, you know, a component of that team that they lost. Now with the Clint Capella thing, I I think if they really do lose Clint Capella, that's obviously gonna be devastating to them because um one of the more underrated things that people don't see is. Um, Houston is really not known as a great defensive team. Well, last year, they're the one team last year with Toronto that finished top five in offense and top, top five. five in defense. Yeah. Led by Capella. Mm-hmm. He finished in top five blocks with Anthony Davis and Co. And um, it, w- losing that enforcer inside to free agency, potentially, that that can be uh, – you you talk about, like, a big blow to your team. Glenn Capella, yeah. <laughs> you lose free agency for nothing. I think that, you know – They'll definitely regress as a team. Yeah, this took a there because because you know James Harden and Chris Paul are probably all time greats. Um, when if you if they were to you know if they were to retire right now, James Harden and Chris Paul would walk into the Hall of Fame. So they're gonna win games ultimately. But to compete in the West with now LeBron's there with the Lakers and you know Golden State and that you know that so called All Star Dream Team. Losing Clint Capella could be a devastating blow because I think they could actually regress from what they were last year. Yeah, for sure. And like, and uh, I think that in the West, especially now, obviously, we'll get into the whole LeBron thing later too. But the, the fact that you have, you know, Golden State's gonna be number one for sure. It's kind of like, do you do you bump Lakers to number two, or do you bring 
maybe uh, uh, OKC or a um, uh, Minnesota if Jimmy Butler stays or Utah to two. It's kind of like that scrambles the whole Western Conference, I think, because it was always Houston and Golden State. Golden State and Houston last year were one and two, two and one. But now it's kind of like right. that scrambles everything. Yeah. And, and the West is yeah. where, like, seeding matters because you got yeah. Denver who didn't make. And I, I, I for sure have Denver making it this year in the playoffs because last, <laughs> the last two years, they got eliminated by, honestly, the, the last game of the regular season. So, yeah. you know. It's, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. Uh, um, one of my favorite movies, I'm in old, I'm young, but I'm in old soul. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite movies to watch is uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is by far one of my favorite actors. And he would always fight in the wild, wild west, wild, where there'd be cowboys and radio showdowns every week. And every week, every time he had like a, a, a showdown with a cowboy, you know it was going down because it was two heavyweights. Well, <laughs> that's what you think about when you think about the Western Conference, yeah. the wild, wild um, now, and I, to answer your question, um, I, I do believe that the Lakers did get better. Obviously, hey, LeBron helps yeah, a lot. Oh, uh, <laughs> just himself alone helps a lot. Um, but I, I like the direction and the other pieces that they, they brought in with Lance Stevenson and um, Rondo. And John Rondo. We'll see how, how, how that locker room is. That should be a very interesting locker room. I, but, I uh, like it, honestly. I like the way the Lakers look. Like, when, when I seen the – the signings first, I'm like, Rondo, I'm like, that kind of looks bad because now do they, do they trade Lonzo? Like, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lonzo. I think that people are so hard or too hard. Like, 10, 7 to 7 as a rookie with that block and a half a game is ridiculous. That's right. Yeah, things are going to be very interesting in the West. Um, I really can't tell you definitively. I'm going to tell you, Houston is all, is going to be there. Just because of Dan Tony's system, they shoot the um, and you've got CP Harden and Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, you can make an argument that's the best backcourt in the NBA, the best trio of backcourt in the NBA. So obviously Houston's going to be there. Yeah. A team that's watching one of my favorite players um, that's going to ascend himself as a star is uh, Utah. I think Utah's coming. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, this is going to be his, his come out party. I think we saw a little glimpse of it last year. I think this year is going to be his come out party. It's, it's definitely his team. Now, um, oh, yeah, go Bears. Sure. Um, and I would also throw another team in there. Nobody's talking about them. I think the Denver Nuggets are gonna surprise a lot of teams this I year. I agree. I agree. I thought uh, I thought they did a little bit better last season because they came out and they. I think Denver plays hard. I like Will Barton, Isaiah Thomas. That's gonna be. I think that might be like a a really good thing. Or a really, yeah. or a really bad thing because, like, the, the the reason I like it is because Jamal Murray is still in his like first three seasons, and he could he could use a veteran like uh, Isaiah Thomas as a mentor um for him. And I, I like the backcourt with Gary Harris and and yeah and Jamal Murray Harris. He's a he's he's a two way player. He loves to defend and he could really shoot the the rock. Um, Nikola Jokic, who really doesn't get a lot of national public publicity and recognition, is probably one of the more dominant he's a, forces. He's a top the- five big, if you ask me. It, it's it's him and big. Yeah, he's top five, if you ask me. Definitely. At least the best passing big that we have in the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Paul Millsap is always there. So I think uh, Denver's is going to be good. Um, but, you know, the the West is always hard to, to kind of predict because anybody could come from the dust. OKC is going to be there. We're not too sure of, you know, yeah. how, you know, 
Westbrook and PG, but you know, the West is always hard to predict and things like that. Yeah. Say. Yeah, for sure. The West is, uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I'm excited for it. Like I said, this season of NBA basketball is going to be one of the better seasons that I think I'm going to be able to watch in my lifetime, just because of how much competition that people I think is not going to be there, that is actually going to be there. Of course, Golden State is, you know, Golden State, but the rest, it's going to be amazing to watch, I think, and I'm going to be getting my league pass and watching game by game by game. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to watch. All right, man, so I'm going to shift from the West. I'm going to go to the East where we have your Boston Celtics who are favorites to come out the East or at least finish first. That's right. But then we have Philly, and I can make an argument that Philadelphia should have beat Boston in the playoffs last year. But I'm not going to hate or go on that, but I think that Philly and Boston is, are the two top teams in the East. And then we started talking about Toronto. But specifically, I want to address Toronto real quick before we get into your Boston team, just because this whole Kawhi Leonard trade. Right? So obviously we heard that Kawhi wants to go to the Lakers. But ever since LeBron went there, it kind of really quieted down. And I was, I was listening to um, Speak for Yourself, and I was listening to Chris Broussard and, and Jason Willock and Colin Coward, and they were saying, like, it's like Kawhi Leonard's personality is, is very quiet, doesn't talk much, doesn't express himself much, very yeah. soft-spoken. And to go you play with the Lakers under the LeBron-type pressure, uh, it doesn't really suit him per se. So does he actually come to the East? Maybe for to the Raptors? Because right now they have uh, I was reading that they put together a package maybe. You know what? You hit it right off the bat there, um, Jerome. Mm-hmm. You hit, you definitely hit it right off the bat there. Um, I, would say, I would say you hit it right off the bat there because um, Kawhi Leonard definitely has that personality. Um, obviously he, he's an old soul. He, he's still, tell me another guy in the NBA that's definitely rocking, um, you know, cornrows nowadays. Nah, but you don't see them. They're rare. He has that personality where, um, he has that personality where, you know, he, he would like to be the man of the team. And, and who knows what's going on with that, with that whole debacle that's going on in San Antonio. But he's the type of guy that, um, that would like to be, in a, a, a city where he would he doesn't like drama he he doesn't like confrontation he's i don't believe he's that type of guy yeah so i believe he the type of guy that would consider going to la obviously that's his you know dream destination but instead of going to la i think he could wind up going to either the clippers now as in terms of this trade with the raptors what i've been told with brian Renhorse is that um the the raptors have given the spurs a compelling trade and one of the key players is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. You know, that trade. So DeMar DeRozan and, of course, Raptors have nice key young pieces with Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell, um, maybe OG Aganobi. Um, who knows who's in that, you know, trade yeah. package. But I could definitely see Kawhi Leonard there, um, maybe for a one-year lease. You know, I, I don't believe that he would want to sign a long-term yeah. with Toronto. I don't see it either. I would love that, you know, that bring a, a better superstars in this um, Eastern Conference. Yeah. But 
I, I wouldn't for a one year lease. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him ending up here, and and that speaks a lot for the an organization like Toronto, whom you know, whom aren't known for big moves yeah. like this. So uh, just with them being in talks about something like this, much must, must be happy for for fans out there in the north. So. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if it actually, you know. Occurs. Yeah, it's crazy because I'm just like walking around the city or like I'm talking to people that work or whoever I'm associating myself with. And they're like, yeah, Kawhi Leonard to Toronto, that's possible. I'm like, okay. So it, I, I wouldn't mind having Kawhi Leonard in Toronto because that would be really good. But I'm like, hey, are you willing to give up DeRozan for a one year lease? Because DeRozan's under contract long term. Kawhi Leonard might not, probably not, is going to stay. And then if he leaves, you give DeRozan away. I I much rather feel good about trading Lowry. And I like the matchup. If you, if you can get Delon Wright, DeMar DeRozan, and Kawhi Leonard, if you can keep that and keep that going, I like that as a, a really good team to you know, compete with Philly and to compete with Boston for the top team in the East and maybe to get out the East and finally make the finals. But I think that if you trade DeMar for Kawhi, I don't think that makes much of a difference because of, A, what we're giving up, and B, we're still in the same position that we were. We have a better defender, yes, but we don't have that good of a team. And and that right there is a move that um ownership in toronto have to really in front office have to really um think because i like like we're both discussing here we believe we both believe it's going to be a one-year yeah. lease we don't think that he's going to sign long term with them um just because well technically toronto is a big market but not in the landscape of the nba yeah. a big market obviously in, in canada yeah. this is the biggest, one of the biggest uh cities yeah there, um, but not in the landscape of the nba so um, that, that that is a very valid point you bring up because um, Demar Derozan is on a contract for a five year extension, one thirty nine mil that he just signed. So if you're giving that away, that's basically your franchise player just drained into the toilet. Just gone. And and that's a great piece for Greg Popovich um, to use in San Antonio, along with some young pieces. So I, I, obviously, if if that trade was to happen, you know the Spurs would probably get the better of the bargain. But you know, 100%. We'll, we'll see if it, if it actually happens. You know, I would like, like I said, I wouldn't mind it if it was for Lowry because I think Lowry's on the decline. I think that we've seen his best years. Spurs are really looking for something for Kawhi Leonard. The Spurs know, I, I, the Spurs know that Kawhi Leonard is an all NBA talent. When healthy, he's he's a top, top, he's definitely a top yeah. five. Uh, he, he's, when healthy, he's a top three talent. Behind him, uh, behind LeBron James and, and KD and Anthony Davis, he's he's right there in that discussion. Yeah. So I think the Spurs what they have in Kawhi Leonard, they're not just going to give him up for pieces. No, nah, yeah, they so can't. They can't do that. I think they're asking for DeRozan rather than. Now yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. All right, so let's go into your Boston Celtics, who are the favorites to to come out of the East. They have a really really good young team. Kyrie and Hayward were both injured, and they still went as far as they did. Is Boston able to, A, come out the East and beat Philly again? And, B, do they have a legit chance to be Golden State? As a Boston fan, what do you say? Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> um, 
both answers, but I, I can actually have facts to back that up. Um, you might think I'm actually crazy here. You might think right, I'm actually hear. crazy, but I actually think this Boston Celtics team, as constructed, might be the next M- great NBA dynasty. And, and here's why. And here's why. Because uh, obviously LeBron's gone and, and we don't know what's going to happen. But at least for at least let's say the next five or six years in the East, they're going to be in contention every year to at least at least at minimum make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially always, always make it to the NBA Finals. Maybe one of those two of those years in Bead and Simmons, you know, when they grow up and, and, and mature a little bit, they might have to say something. But I think as constructed, it's not crazy to think that Boston could actually make it to the NBA Finals maybe in the next five or six years. I think they're actually set up right now to at least make at least four NBA playoff finals appearance. And here's why. One, Boston, ownership, Danny Ainge. We know he was a great player uh, back in the 80s with Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and, and Derek Johnson. Yeah. Great ownership. I can argue that Brad Stevens is a top two, uh, a top, top two, top three coach in the NBA. Agreed. So right there, you've got the foundation with front office and coach. And then what do you have? You have great core pieces and great young players. Jason Tatum reminds me of a young Carmelo Anthony, a young Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce himself already compared him and said that he may have a better career than him. Now, that's, I, that's I, a big I, shoe. I, I, I don't know about no, all that. You know what? <laughs> I actually agree. I watched Tatum, and I call Tatum my rook. Donovan Mitchell and Tatum are my rooks. Donovan, uh, no, not Donovan. T- Jason Tatum, I believe, I, I can look at it right now, and I can say with confidence that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's right. That's right. That's right. And 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 him, you you put in with him and Jalen Brown, who's only twenty one. Jason Tatum is only twenty. These guys can be your core nu- nucleus. You have Al Horford, who's a steady veteran. Um, most people don't like him. I I I happen to to like him just because that he he's a he's a veteran. He's a leader. You need yeah. somebody like that. In your yeah, locker. that's true. And then on the what else you have? You have the heart and soul of the team, and Marcus Smart. He's also a restricted free agent. We don't know if he might him, leave. I, I, I think he's going to Sacramento. He's going to leave. But yeah, continue. Yeah, I, I think he may leave. But if if you happen to keep him with Terry Rozier, with Jalen Brown, with um, Marcus Smart, and then you've got Baines and and Marcus Morris, who's an underrated two way player, um, I think Boston is actually set up to be the next great dynasty. And then, of course, Kyrie Irving, you know, as the closer, who, who's, who might arguably be the game's best closer um, since, since Kobe's has retired. And we've seen that repetitively in the finals. So I think it's not crazy to think that Boston can make it to the NBA finals, maybe, you know, the next five or six years because they're set up with ownership. They've got foundation. They've got a great coach. They've got leaders in that locker room. They've got great young ascending talents in a nucleus, and they've got a star. They've got a superstar in Kyrie Irving. And I I think will resign, but, you know, that's another story for another day. You so think he's going to resign? It's not crazy to think that. I, I think he will resign. Um, just, just because that – I think Kyrie Irving knows that he, he even said it himself. He says that when – initially, Boston when he wasn't even on his list, of his wish list to get traded to. It just happened to be that, you know – Cleveland sent him there but he said once he got to Boston it kind of reminded him of being in Duke a a franchise with rich traditions with you know championships as the standard and you know if you don't win championships then you you fail 
said he said that it kind of reminded him of playing with Coach K and Duke and how that rich tradition and how he bought into things like that. So I I think that he's he's gonna stay. Obviously, New York and and the Nets are definitely in the discussion just because he's from there. He was born in the uh, New Jersey area, but. I think when it's all said and done, he's gonna get he's he's gonna get at least two hundred million. You know what? If 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 not, so I think that, and I I don't think Kyrie leaving or staying really makes a difference to your team. Exactly. But I, I, agree. I think that this is just my hot take. I think that Kyrie and Jimmy Butler both end up in New York to play Porzingis this season by the trade deadline. I don't think that Kyrie stays. I don't think so. I don't see it. I think – I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if Kyrie's going to get injured, maybe like a tweak or something. And I think that yeah. he might get shipped off to – maybe – I think if he had a choice, obviously, I think he'd be New York. Obviously, that's not, okay. how, that's not how trades work. Trades, you don't pick where you go. But if, the, him, exactly. if him and Jimmy can find a way both to get to the Knicks – I still think that doesn't That's affect. Be I still think, and I think that would even help more with Tatum and Brown. And let them carry the team more because I think that now it's almost like unless you have a and Kyrie, I think is a top five point guard in the NBA. Of course, I'm not dumb, but I think that nowadays you have kind of like that wing player who you are you almost play through. The the really good teams have wing players that you can play through. Like you know, obviously Golden sure. State has has KD. And that's what really propelled them. Obviously, you have LeBron. We talked about Kawhi. You know, like that's right. Those are the Boston has Gordon Hayward who hasn't played a and hasn't even played a game yet. Right? That so, forward, yeah. And, and you see, you seen Tatum. What Tatum can do. Philly has uh, uh, Simmons. All these wing players. Milwaukee has a Giannis. These are the are the people that are almost like those six ten, six nine guys that can dribble the ball. Kyrie is has that's the right. best handle. I've ever seen, period. But I feel like for those top, top teams, you got to have the wing players who can, you know, handle the ball. And that's where I think that Tatum, right. if he takes that next step where, because I've seen videos of him working out with Embiid and, and his handle, I think he has a really tight handle and a smooth jump shot. If he can get... Oh, he, he, he by far is a smooth crazy. operator. He's I mean, crazy. I love him since day one. Because the last year, I actually thought he was the best prospect prospect coming out of uh, coming out of the draft. He looked up to Carmel. Uh, he looked up to Kobe Bryant and Paul George as a as a, as a youngster yeah. growing up, and you could see that in his game and the type of game with the smooth operation. He loves the mid range. He likes playing in the post. So you could see the similarities between those yeah. two guys. But I mean, the the moon is is. The potential for this, not even the sky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, telling me astronauts have conquered the moon. You can't tell me the sky's the limit for him because he, by far, is 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 the real deal. And and to kind of piggyback on your question, on your second question there, um, with Golden State, I actually think that, and it's you might think I'm crazy. I actually think that Boston actually has the personnel to match up, match up, man, man per man. With Golden State, I agree. I'm not saying that they're gonna get swept, but I think as when you talk about personnel, because you have to have personnel to 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 match up the teams. It's kind of like the NFL. Yeah. If you don't got the personnel as a defense to match up with a great offense, you're gonna get screwed. You can't hang. So, yeah. No matter what. 
So I actually think that Boston has the, the, the personnel to match up with Golden State. And here's why. Obviously, um, they've got wing players. You need wing players that can be versatile, that can play multiple yeah. positions. Boston's got two. What is Brad Stevens, a defensive-minded coach? Boston finished second last season in um, the, uh, defensive rating behind Utah, of course. Um, and and their what's their bread and butter? Their identity is yeah. defense. So you know teams are gonna make them play defense. Kyrie Irving, who's not known as a defender, had to buy in, and he he finished in the top ten in steals last year. That's an underrated. I know that's misleading, but hey, he at least yeah, tried. Nah, you know, he hustles. He plays hard. <laughs> exactly. So when if you could have a Jalen Brown on a Kevin Durant, you could have a Tatum on a Clay Thompson. When Kyrie Irving wants to play defense, we've seen him play good defense when they won the chip in 16 on on Steph yeah. Curry. He wants to buy in and play defense. He can. And then you've got tough-minded guys like Al Horford and Marcus Morris and, and, and Marcus Smart, who, who we all know Marcus Smart is just an enforcer when he plays in the game, and a Terry Rozier like that. I think when you look at personnel, man for man and matchup for matchup, what Boston can do, like they can switch everything. They don't have to go under screens and things like that. I think they actually match up you know, real well, and really well with, with Golden State. Now, it's one thing to say it, and one and another thing to actually implement. Because there's a Kevin Durant guy who's I personally think would go down as as one of the top forwards to ever play the game. So you got to deal with him and then the sharp shooting. But I, I do think that Boston and Golden State are set up for at least the next few years um, to 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 be the NBA finals um, preview. Now I know the, maybe one of those years Golden State doesn't get there just because how crazy the West is. But um, when you, when you talk about the East for sure, it's definitely Boston and Philly. I'd say mostly Boston, unless Philly, you know, pulls a trade for Kawhi, then you know, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Which, which is possible. I don't see, I don't see how the, even Markel faults. I don't think that like I've seen videos of him training too. And I don't see him doing a lot of shooting, right? Every video I see, sure. I, I see him doing athletic dunks. I see him finishing layups, all nice and dandy with no defense in the paint. But I'm, I know for sure you're not doing that stuff with the big in the paint. And I haven't seen him take one jump shot all off season, which was his whole problem last season. So I think that until Markel Fultz really gets his shot back, I don't see Philly really up there. I like Philly. But realistically, unless false, I don't see a big step. But, yeah, when you talk about Boston comparing to Golden State, I agree 100% because if you have Kyrie, if you have Gordon Hayward, you can match up well with Clay and, Ky- uh, and Steph. And then you have Rozier and Smart. So right off the bat, you're throwing bodies and you're putting people that like to get up in you. If, uh, and, and, that's, and that's another thing as well. Um, people don't um don't know is Gordon Hayward is a very underrated uh, two way player. Obviously, he came in Utah, and Utah is a defensive minded team. But but Quinn Snyder is is probably a poor man's Brad Stevens in a Western Conference. Yeah. He demands that side of his teammates and demands excellence on defense. So, um, I don't know if he's you know obviously he's coming off an injury. He may not be the same, but he's a, he's a great player. He's got size on him. Six, a legit six, eight, six, nine, yeah. who you can throw to a Clay Thompson, who you can throw to a Kevin Durant. So like I mentioned, personnel, man for man, definitely Boston is, 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 is I think 
they're the deepest Yo, team in the NBA, and I don't think it's even close. I think when when we start looking at Boston's depth chart, like you look at, I'm gonna start from the big. Look at Horford. You have Baines. You look. You go to power forward. You can either throw Tatum in there. You have Marcus Morris. You have the the next guys. Um, some Simulaji, I think his name is something like that. And then yep. And then you got at the three, you can throw Brown. You can throw um Hayward at the two. You can have Smart, Rogier, Hayward. You have Kyrie at the one. It's kind of like those dudes are like they exactly. they have a full like old. one to thirteen. Exactly, and, and the crazy thing, Jerome, is is they're all interchangeable. They can all play all those multiple positions, and and that's scary. And I think that if it, hey, if it happens to become a Golden State in a Boston series, I think it might be real interesting. I may give Boston a shot. I don't think we will probably win, but I I think it will be a very interesting it series. Would be. I think it. Will. I think it'd be. I think it'd be a, a game six, maybe a game seven if Boston can sneak a W in in Golden State. State, yeah, but I think it'd be mm-hmm. a four-two, but a four-two competitive, like a well-fought four-two. It wouldn't be hot series, yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with you there, definitely, for sure, for sure, perfect. Um, what last thing I want to say? So you have Boston in the finals coming from the East and Golden State coming out the West. Um, as of right now, I do. Uh, that that would be my early preseason. Uh, matchup golden state uh just just because you know the the psyche they've got everybody's number yeah. in the western conference unfortunately. and then in, in, in addition to that with houston losing trevor Reese and they may lose clint capella that may that that may that may be giving them a little step back um i think lakers will at least win at least win 40 to 50 at least 50 50 wins they'll make the playoffs for sure with lebron i mean Got to make at least yeah. Um, uh, the Spurs will always be there, regardless if Kawhi is there or not. They will always be there. Um, you you've got teams like um Dallas, who's really got DeAndre Jordan, and now they've got young players with Donich and Dennis Smith. Maybe they get an eight seed, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like the direction of their future that they're going. Um, Utah's gonna be there. OKC's gonna be there. So. I just think Golden State, when it's all said and done, will we'll come out of there. And in Boston, it will be Boston and Philly, most likely in the Eastern Conference. A team I will tell you to watch out for is um, Indiana. Okay, so um, that's the that's, 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 that's it. So would, do you pick Indiana as like, that's like your sleeper team? I would, I would, I would say Indiana as a, as a scary dark horse. Mm-hmm. They're a little scary dark horse team. I would also throw... Um, maybe a healthy uh, um, Wizards team. Now that all depends on the backcourt with Bradley Beal and, and John Wall. Maybe a, a, a scary team, and and you can't you can't you can't um, you know dismiss Toronto because Toronto had a LeBron problem. LeBron's not there, so they've always been knocking on their door for years. Yeah. So you can't dismiss Toronto as as you know a contender, but I I do think it's gonna come down to Boston and Philly and just the maturity of 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 Boston. Um, I think gets them over the hump just because the superstar and Kyrie Irving is yeah. he'll, he'll, he can, he can single handedly just take over a game and close yeah. you. Um, another dark horse is is the Bucks too. Okay, I think Giannis. I think Giannis is is a, is all <laughs> this. Giannis Antetokounmpo may be the most scariest generational player I've ever seen. Um, 
So, and, and they've actually got a coach now. They actually got a coach now, Mike Budenholzer from Atlanta. So uh, I would say Indiana and the Bucks are a dark horse, but I do see Boston coming out the East, if not maybe Philly. But I do see Boston and, and Golden State as my uh, – that, That's your final – so I, I I agree with you with the Boston and Golden State finals. I think Golden State is going to win that in six. But I like Indiana as a sleeper, but my sleeper I'm going to pick, and this can be a bust because this is all depending on health. But I think if you have a healthy Chicago Bulls team with the addition of Jabari Parker, I think if you get that, if they can get into the playoffs as like a seventh or eighth seed, I think they can scare a lot of people because Chris Dunn can get a penny. Chris Dunn's a good young point guard, long, plays defense, starting to shoot the ball a little bit, but gets to the paint, looking to pass. Zach Levine, he's coming to his own as an offensive player. He's starting to pass the ball a little bit. He can shoot, showing he has a jump shot. And obviously he gets to the rim, hits free throws. But Jabari Parker, I think that he hasn't had a, a really good full season. And the one that he did have, he was averaging 20 points a game. So I think that if you can get a healthy Bulls team with Markinen and with the Wendell Carter Jr., who they just drafted this year, who, who plays defense, I think if you can keep that as a healthy squad, they can cause a lot of trouble like the Bulls did a couple of years ago when they were facing the, with D. Wade and, and Rondo and, and Jimmy Bullen. They were the eighth seed. And they almost beat Boston that year with Isaiah Thomas. But off the end. And I and I agree with you. And you used a, a very good um, uh, analogy there with that that eight C with the the Bulls because when it comes to the NBA playoffs, it all it all comes down to matchups. Because last year, who said I I picked that Utah was going to beat OKC? Me too. Because of- me too. I <laughs> obviously, obviously you know OKC is the more talented team. But when you look at matchups, matchups is Styles meets fights. Meaning that Golden State, I mean, not Golden State and Houston are are the same. So obviously, in Styles meets fight, that's going to be a competitive uh, series. Yeah. But when you got offensive minded team in Utah against a one on one ISO ball type team in in OKC, that creates problems. So uh, you're right. If the Bulls can can you know make it as a low seed in the East, um, and 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 you know. And they, they are very long. I think that um, Laurie Markkinen is a very young, nice star. Yeah. Um, that a lot of he's a stretch four that can that can flat out shoot it. So if Jabari Parker can get right with um, Dunn, you can't forget about Justin Holiday. He's a nice guy that can shoot it. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Portis. So if they can get things right, they can definitely do um, some damage uh, there as well. Um, I don't see it. I think it's a little bit <laughs> far fetched. Um, any, anything's possible, especially in the, in a wide open Eastern Conference. Yeah, agreed, man. Agreed, agreed. Oh man, all right, man. Forty two minutes. We about to wrap this up, but um, I appreciate you uh, reaching out. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, it's always nice to get a, a different opinion from another countryman because. You know, obviously, I can get people from Toronto all the time, people from around the city. But to reach out so far, you know, that means a lot to me. It means a lot to the podcast. So um, I definitely want to say thanks, man, because, you know, your opinion means a lot. And I hope this is not the last time we get to work together because 
you know, this is a good conversation. Good conversation. I'm sorry, I bit my lip. <laughs> this is a good conversation, and I definitely know that people down here will appreciate listening to that. So, uh, big shout out to you, man, for sure. For real, for um, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure being on the podcast. Um, for for viewers and and listeners out there as well. Um, my name is Sebastian Sebi's podcast. I'm I'm one of the hottest podcasters here in in the Central Florida area. In fact, in the state of Florida. Period. Um. So. Period. Exactly. So I would tell um all the viewers to um if you guys want to know what I do in my content, um follow me at my YouTube channel. Um, that is Sebi's podcast. That's S E B Y podcast. P O D C A S T. You can uh, find me on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Um, I, I interview um, ball players from uh, ex-retired NBA players, NFL players to baseball players. I do topics, debates like um, Jerome as well uh, on my YouTube. So if you guys would want to reach me out there, um, definitely listen to um, some Sebi's podcast. And wherever you're on area online, Sebi's podcast is wherever you go. For sure, man. And um, I think that helping people out is a big thing. I, I, I'm definitely going to subscribe. I'm going to definitely watch. I've watched a few things already. And I like what I saw, which I told you. So I'm definitely going to subscribe. I hope y'all subscribe to him because I'm going to do it. And that's how we get further. Everybody helps one another. And we all eat, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. <laughs> all right, my man. So appreciate it. And we'll, we'll definitely catch up. Absolutely. All right, my man. Until next Yes, sir. All right, y'all, that was another crazy episode. I had a good time talking to Sebi. Um, we definitely going to chop it up again another day. Got some good talking. I hope you guys listen. I hope you guys understand. I hope you guys are able to make your own opinions from what we said. Maybe you agree, disagree. Definitely hit me back for feedback. You know me. I'm JKB Sports. I'm Jerome Knight. Twitter's JKB Sports. Instagram is JKB Sports. Um, message me. We can work. It's as simple as that. Take it easy, y'all.